there's probably a, a decent amount of reasons. Um, I get one of the reasons why 2017 even succeeded, I think, so well was uh, my personal life was not too great at the time. So I kind of was just running just no matter what, like I would do the workout that was scheduled no matter what, like I was just running out there. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of a fortunately, unfortunately that I, my life's been pretty good since then. So there's never really been a long period of time where I've needed running. Hey there, podcast listener. If this is your first time here, welcome to the Eat Half, Walk Double podcast, coming to you from the Ascend Endurance Coaching Studios here in lovely Stratford, New Hampshire, US of A. I'm your host, Chris Dunn. If you follow the show, well, thank you and welcome back. So this show chronicles my four decades in endurance sports. As an exercise physiologist, coach, race director, and athlete, told through the stories of the important, influential, and interesting people I've met along the way. While I catch up with friends, colleagues, rivals, clients, and the occasional family member, it's my hope you'll learn a little something about health, fitness, and the secrets to living well along the way. Kevin St. Laurent joins the show this week. By his own account, he's been running his entire life. His parents are runners, so naturally, he started running as a youth. In high school, he was an average to above average runner. In college, his running took a back seat. After college, he worked to focus again on his running, but struggled to maintain any kind of consistency. That was until he cracked the code and unlocked an entirely new level of performance previously unavailable to him. Remarkably, now in his 30s, He's setting PRs and winning races left and right. He shares how he's done it. Well, here he is, Kevin St. Laurent. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. It's good to see you, my friend. Yeah, it's been it's been quite a while since I've seen you in person, I think. So um, yeah, and y- y- you and I do do a, a, a pretty good job, I think, of staying connected. Thankfully, for things like social media, we we have the opportunity to sort of stay engaged with each other, uh, even if we don't actually get a chance to see each other in person uh, all that often. Um, uh, in fact, you you are uh, almost always one of the first people to like anything that I do on Strava, and I, I I gotta I gotta give you credit for that. I don't know I don't know how you do it. I don't know if you get I don't know if you get generally get alerts uh, that someone has posted something new on Strava, but but like literally, Kevin, I don't know that there's yeah. been a time when you haven't been the first person to like whatever in the world it is I'm doing on Strava. Yeah, um, you're not the first person that has said that to me. Uh, I probably have a little bit of a Strava problem. I'm on. I'm on it way too much, just kind of refreshing, seeing what people are up to. Um, I don't use other social media a ton, so that kind of gets my social media fix for the day. So I think that's a good part of it. Yeah. But well, that's thank you that, for the uh, thank you for the another uh, comment on <laughs> being the best kudos are yeah. in the West. 
<laughs> yeah, and I don't want you to feel self-conscious about it. I, 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 I honestly said it because I, it, uh, I admire, uh, I admire that uh, about you. You always make me feel good about about what I'm doing because you know, literally, I post and then beep, I get a, I, I get a notification that somebody has liked what I'm doing, and nine times out of ten, it's usually me. So, um, look, <laughs> look, let me, uh, let me, let me, let me open with a softball question for you. Okay, right? and, and you know, just. You just answer yes or no, and we'll get into the why about why I'm asking this a little bit later. But um, my first question for you, simple yes or no, is uh, did you run today? I did. Yes. <laughs> now, that was that was, that was actually somewhat of a rhetorical question because I also follow you on Strava. And uh, before uh, before I sat down to, uh, to do the show, uh, I did notice that you had posted a run today. So I knew the answer to that question. Um, but for the audience, I wanted to make sure. Hey, that, yes. Uh, yeah. That they. We're not waiting for this. Uh, you're not holding me hostage till midnight, so I don't get a run in <laughs> after this or anything. So. <laughs> All right. More on more on that in uh, in in just a minute. So uh, as as part of my as part of my show prep, um, I was sort of you know perusing the internet trying to figure out um, you know what what we were going to talk about and and more specifically how I was going to open the show and uh, I stumbled upon. Uh, what I think, uh, and I, this is maybe more of a commentary on my sense of humor, but I stumbled upon uh, a clip from a, from a movie that for me is one of the most hilarious scenes ever. Uh, and, 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 and this is it. So in the, in the cult classic movie, old school with mm -hmm. Will Ferrell, uh, his character, Frank gets a yeah. bit out of control at a party, right? Takes off all of his clothes and he starts streaking down a city street. Now, coincidentally, his wife and her friends are driving down the same street. Right? When she sees him, she, she pulls over next to him and she asks him what the hell he's doing. And he replies, we're streaking. <laughs> and she, when she says, well, who's streaking? He, he, looks, he, he looks back behind him and he says, there's more coming. <laughs> and, and, in, and in pure comedic genius, he's the only one. There, yeah. There's nobody else that's streaking with him. Uh, so, Kevin, you're a streaker. Yes, in a slightly different way, you know. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, um, <laughs> uh, there, 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 there is there is some connection uh, to that yeah. movie clip uh, and actually what you're doing. Uh, so, uh, yeah, please to explain a little bit more uh, to the audience about because, uh, uh, truthfully, um, uh, running streaks or streaking while running, uh, it, it may actually be the, the topic of two different types of podcasts. Uh, you're doing, we're, we're going to do one particular type of podcast. What is, what does that mean, uh, that you're a streaker? Uh, so what that means is that I run, I go for a run, uh, every single day, uh, with no days off, uh, no matter what, uh, whether there's, you know, terrible weather, injury, sickness, personal life things, no time there. I just pretty much always make time for it every single day, okay. uh, no matter what. All right. So, so consecutive days of running is, yes. uh, is, is, is in this case, uh, what I mean by a streaker. Now we're going to get into more of the details of that in, in, in just a moment. Cause I think that's really fascinating. Um, so the other part of, 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 of my research, um, uh, involves stumbling upon, well, not really stumbling upon. It was part of the, part, part of the research. Um, that, like everything, there's a website for this, right? Yes. Uh, and so the, so the U S running streak association, mm -hmm. uh, keeps track of these statistics. Uh, I'm, I suspect that they are there, you know, it's, a 
uh, it's a user input platform, right? I mean, they're, you know, yep. they're, um, in other words, you, you, you have to, you have to, you have to sign up or you have to become a member or, or you have to in, input your, your information, be that as it may. Um, I just looked at it before the show and, uh, I don't, I don't know if you, how often you visit this website, but you're, you're currently ranked. Your streak is currently ranked in the United States for active mm-hmm. men. Uh, as 523rd. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, as I was scrolling down through this list, and there's a lot of people on the list, Kevin, as I was scrolling down through the list, I actually found another friend. You might, you might know him. He's actually an acidotic racing teammate of mine, Rick Fidjelkowski. Hmm. Rick Fidjelkowski, uh, also from New Hampshire. Rick is on that list. He's actually ranked 409th. He's just, oh. just a little bit ahead of you. Right? Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, Kevin, this is a little, a little bit of a trap question because I didn't, I actually didn't give you this question as part of the show prep. I'm, I'm gonna kind of put you on the spot now. I know okay. the answer to this, but I'm curious if you know the answer to this. You probably do, uh, Kevin. Do you know who? Do you know who's? Do you know who number one is on that list? Uh, for active or all time? Correct. No, active for active, active men. Do you know? Uh, and I, and I, I do not know who number oh, okay. one is for active. I, I, I bet you recognize the name, though. I bet you've heard of the name. The guy's name is John Sutherland. Okay. Right? I'm definitely from Washington, that. Utah. A couple of years ago, Runner's World did an article on him because in 2019, at that point, um, the, uh, uh, the, the 68-year-old, again, from, from Washington, Utah, um, currently had the, uh, you know, held the, held the record. Um, it, it, in fact, He's number one on the list. His running streak as of today, I believe the website's updated daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 53 plus years. Yeah. And, 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 and again, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but t- I think again, based on that 2019 article in runner's world, um, that would now make him the world record holder for running streak. I guess there was a Brit who, who at the time, the world record in 2019 was 52 years and change. Sutherland now is at 53 plus years of daily running and he's 71 years old. What, wow. uh, yeah. What, <laughs> you, you, you think you got a shot at chasing him down, Kevin? Uh, what did, what do you say? 52 years? He's is at, it? he's at 53. His 53? running streak currently is 53.69 years. So 53 uh, plus years. That might be tough. So, <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. So tell, so tell, tell the listener what, what is your running streak currently at? I told them where you're ranked 523rd, but, but what is, what is your running streak uh, at uh, as of today? Uh, so as of today, I'm at 3,087, I want to say, yeah. so um, which is eight years. eight years was back in August of 2022. So we're close to eight and a half. Yeah. Getting eight, close eight, to eight and a half years. Eight, yeah. Eight and a half years. Um, so again, just to sort of put that in, in, in perspective, like you haven't, you haven't missed a day of running since July 31st of 2014. That's correct. Right. Um, <laughs> eight, eight and a half years. Yeah. And that places you 523rd on the U.S. active know. men's There's... list. It just goes to show, I think, that um, uh, 
this is a thing. Like it's a, yeah. it, it's a phenomena. Now it may be, maybe to the listener, it's somewhat of an unusual phenomena, but, but truth is, um, there's a lot of people that are, that are, that are doing this. I, I mentioned, I mentioned Rick's name. Um, do you, do you know of, of anybody else uh, in the in the area in New Hampshire or in the region? Do you know other streakers in this? I do. I know um, probably about half a dozen uh -huh. or so that I know personally. Okay. Um, okay. Interesting. Um, their streaks, Kevin, um, slightly longer than yours, slightly shorter than yours. Uh, so of all the the people that I know personally that are run streaking, um, one person is longer than mine by a significant amount, and then the other people are shorter than mine. Um, have, have you ever gotten any feedback from someone that they were inspired to start a running streak, even if they weren't able to maintain it for any, you know, for, for eight years, but, but, but started and, and, and maybe surprised themselves, uh, with, uh, with how long they went. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've never asked them if I was their inspiration per mm -hmm. se, I guess, but I mean that just the general idea of a running streak definitely came from me for the few people that I know. So I don't know how, you know, what exact percentage I was the inspiration for. Um, but one of my good running friends, uh, Trevor Willoughby, uh, he's got about four, four and a half years now. Um, and I think he used to work with your daughter, actually. That's, some that's correct. I, yeah, that's correct. My daughter, Madison. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought was. that up. Yeah. Because... <laughs> I, you know, I, my, my wife mentioned that, uh, as I, when I told her, um, who was scheduled to be on the show this week, she's like, I think Madison knows him, but she, she wasn't quite sure what the story was. In other words, she thought my wife thought that my daughter knew you. She wasn't really quite sure of the story. Well, as she kind of reached out to my daughter to figure out what the story was, my daughter hasn't met you or the connection was yeah. through Trevor. Yep. That's how she used to work with Trevor. Yeah. Trevor, Trevor was my boss. Trevor um, was your boss. <laughs> he was my boss, yeah, uh, like six or seven years ago. And go. he was not a runner at all back then. Um, yeah. He mentioned that he would take his dog out for like a mile or two a couple times a week. And I was like, oh, you should run more. You know, just an offhanded comment. <laughs> and then he started running and then he got really good at running. And the funny thing is we're actually very similar, um, like just speed wise for races. So, you know. <laughs> It's like, oh, okay. Like, so we're, <laughs> well, you know. he, yeah, maybe, maybe he's a little bit of a late bloomer like, like you are. And again, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that too, because I think that's a fascinating part of the story. Um, well, for full disclosure, as an exercise physiologist and, and professional endurance coach, I'm not a fan of running streaks, um, but I do have tremendous respect for, uh, for runners who have them. Um, and more importantly, I have a, I have a real deep curiosity about, um, what makes these athletes tick, including mm -hmm. you, because I do think Kevin, that there are valuable lessons to be learned for all of us, uh, who want to create more consistency in our physical activity patterns. Like I, I really feel like you've cracked the code. Um, and, uh, and I, so I, so even even though I would never I would never recommend a running streak mm -hmm. to any of my any of my 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 athletes or clients, um, I'm I'm deeply interested in the psychology of that degree of consistency. Like I think some really important stuff uh, in, embedded in there. And in fact, I think I read an article 
um, uh, about you. You were interviewed for an article, and I actually think you you might have said something to that effect. In other words, um, that you know that that this running streak you know works for you, but it doesn't necessarily work for everyone. Or I'm kind of I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Is that is that, that no, the that general? Sounds, is that your general sentiment? Up, yeah, on the topic. Hundred percent. Um, that probably sounds word for word what I've said. Yeah. To okay. a few well, before. yeah. I think I I just read the article today again. I I, I thought it was it's in great, that. So. Yeah. I yeah. thought it was in that in that spirit. Um, <clears throat> well, Kevin, for the for the listener who doesn't know uh, Kevin Saint Laurent, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I am Kevin St. Lorenz. Uh, I'm 35 years old. I'm from uh, Newmarket, New Hampshire, uh, which is a small town on the seacoast of New Hampshire. Um, and I currently reside in Stratum, New Hampshire, which is a couple towns over. And I run every day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, very succinct. Uh, I like it. Um, so you mentioned that um, you mentioned that you uh, that you're from New Hampshire. You currently live Correct. in New Hampshire. Yep. Uh, so you're a you're a New Hampshire based runner. Uh, I'm from New Hampshire. I live in New Hampshire. Uh, I run uh, as well. I, I, I don't run roads anymore, really. I run you know most mostly trails. Um, that said, uh, you and I have uh, have a lot of mutual friends um, and. Uh, uh, again, we're from the same general neck of the woods. And so, um, we have, a, we have a shared interest. We have shared friends. Um, our paths have crossed before. Yeah. Um, do, and I, this is a, this is really for me, this is an important part of, uh, of, of, of these, these podcasts is, uh, is me having, uh, friends on who can remind me how I came to know them. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I don't, it's hard. I don't, I don't, I don't always remember. I don't always remember the stories in detail and maybe you don't remember the story, but, uh, general, general, big, big concepts. Uh, how did you and I come to know each other? Um, so I, I definitely can't remember exactly when we first met in person. Um, but I feel like we've, you know, as you said, have been on the same network of people and the same network of races for a significantly long time, whether um, it's working a race or putting on a race like you do, or myself working at a race or just running a race, running one of your races. Um, but I, I mean, I would have to guess the first time that we really interacted a lot was uh, your Harmony Hill races back in the day, um, which rumor that could come back someday, possibly, you know, maybe. I've also heard that rumor. Yes. <laughs> so I think that's the first time that uh, we had a, um, you know, decent amount of in-person time together. It was probably Got it. Right. 2016, right. 2017 during that series. Right. right. Yeah. So again, for the listener who um, maybe isn't familiar with, uh, with, with the Harmony Hill. So a number of years ago, um, uh, the event management company that I owned, uh, we, uh, we took over operation of this um summer weekday summer cross-country racing series um in northwood new hampshire uh very near uh co-brown northwood academy um, um that 
that used part of um, one of the one of the state parks here in New Hampshire called Northwood Meadows State Park, not exclusively because we actually started on uh, Harmony Hill Road, um, mm -hmm. and uh, we ran through a private uh, a private farmland in order to get to the state park. So it was kind of a combination of of private land and and state and state land, uh, and we held these uh, weekly cross country races. Um, Wednesday nights, I think in I the think summer, was, maybe yeah. six or seven, six or seven weeks, something like that. Seven or eight weeks, very low key, very chill. Um, uh, but, but those interestingly enough, I mean, I, I was kind of blown away by it. The, the races had a, a, a pretty loyal following. Like we yeah, would get sure. 20, 30, 40 people show up, which, which, which blew me away. Like I, I did not expect that many people to make themselves available on a Wednesday evening in July or August to run a, whatever it was, 4k, yeah. 5k trail race, but man, people showed up and you, and you were one of them. That's right. See, I, I don't know what, why is it, why is it Kevin that I, when I think of you and I think of you as a runner, maybe it's because of all the pictures that I see. Um, I think of you as a road runner, but, oh, uh, for sure. well, true, but, but you, you, you dabble in trail racing. I do. Um, the funny thing is uh, with Harmony Hill race series specifically, I did that to do something that's out of my comfort zone for running. So uh, I try to do something like that at least once a year. Um, Cause I am not a good trail runner and I try to be better. And I think it's just, I mean, it helps so many things with training to run on trails. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a doctor or expert on it, but um, just with all the different types of steps you have to take, like you build different muscles and you strengthen different muscles that you wouldn't from just running on straight up roads, which that's something, you know, a hundred times more than I do. Yeah. Um, well, I think, yeah, I, I think, I think you totally nailed it. Well, but, but, but you ran cross country in high school. I did. I was never good at it. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was okay at it. I'll, I'll take okay. some credit. I was okay. Okay. All right. And again, I, we're going to circle back to that too, because I also think that's an interesting, interesting part of the story. All right. So, um, but at the very least these, these weekday, uh, summer cross country, uh, races, uh, gave you a workout, uh, a mid, yeah. a, mid a midweek workout. And cause you treated them that way. You didn't just show up and just trot along and chat with friends. You, you ran them hard, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Um, and I, and I think, I think for a lot of people, that's sort of how they, that's how they, that's how they view them. All right. Well that, now that makes, that makes a whole, that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and, and throughout the years, um, uh, either myself or my wife, Karen, um, have done some, you know, some loco races, um, right. in the, you know, in the Southern part of the state, new market area, um, uh, and again, when, when I look at our list of mutual friends, it, it, we have a lot of mutual oh, yeah. friends, right. Yeah. Um, and almost, almost all of them, I would say are somehow related or connected to the running community, mm -hmm. um, which is, uh, as I'm sure you, you would agree. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly, it's a fairly tight knit community, right? Um, it is. I, I mean, New Hampshire is not a very big state anyway. And then um, when you sort of narrow it down even further, sort of New Hampshire based runners, um, that number gets a little bit smaller. I'm always, I don't know, do you have this experience? I'm always, it, it always, it always sort of shocks me when someone mentions 
a New Hampshire runner's name and I don't know who they are. Oh yeah. It's weird. I'm like, how do I not know this person? <laughs> right. Just moved here? Did they just graduate high school? Like yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. And like, do, you, do, do you ever have, yeah. Do you, and do you ever have the experience like when you're like driving around in, uh, in, in Southern New Hampshire, you know, in and around where you live and, and you see somebody running, running on the road and you're like, you're like convinced that you must know who they are and you drive yeah. by slow and you look over at them. You're like, you don't know who that person is. And you're like, how do I not know who this person is? They're running in my backyard. Has that ever happened to you? Uh, yeah, probably weekly. I would say that <laughs> that probably happens. <laughs> you know, the feeling, right? You know oh, what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. No, that happens. That, that for sure you're like, happens. I, you're like, I, I must know who this person is. And then you like, I don't know who that person yeah. is. Yeah. No, like, especially if they're going kind of quick, I'm like, I feel like I know, <laughs> my competition around here. Like, I feel like I, if you're in my town or the next town over and I see you running and I don't know who you are, I'm like, who, who could you possibly be? It's a, it's a very good point. Or along that similar vein, you get a notification on Strava that someone has taken your local, you know, course record and, and you oh. don't recognize the name yeah. and it, right. That that's got to drive you bananas. A little bit. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> When that, when that happens, it's like some college kid that's home and I'm like, ah. I'm like, all right, it's January 3rd. I'll wait till like the 20th. So I know they're back at school. So if I take the segment back, they'll have to wait till May to come and take it back from me. So. Oh, Strava. Um, all right. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about your, your running streak. So as, as, as I said, I'm an exercise physiologist. So as an exercise physiologist, what I think is interesting uh, about activity streaks is what it informs us about human behavior, specifically exercise related human behavior. Now, we all know the regular exercise is incredibly beneficial for physical and mental health, yet the behavior is difficult for many people to habituate. Uh, some people, uh, yourself included, as I mentioned before, have cracked the code, so mm -hmm. to speak, uh, and taken exercise habituation to an entirely different level. Um, that's what I'd like to explore. Um, so, but for housekeeping purposes, um, let's start with a, with a few basic definitions. Uh, first is generally, and then I'm going to ask you about how you define it. But, uh, for instance, if I go on the U S running streak associations website, uh, how do they define a running streak officially? Um, so they define it as a run done. Uh, every day uh, the run distance has to be at least one mile um, and it can be done in any way you know treadmill outside on a track uh, in an airport you know if that's needed something you know you're caught in a layover and you have to get your run in you know running up and down between the gates or something um, and I think that's really it's a pretty um, succinct short definition they don't really go too crazy on it okay. there, aren't, there aren't more qualifications that are really needed for it i have okay. mine's a little bit more which i can get yeah. into at some point yeah it, yeah and i'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna ask you that in just a moment but just a quick follow-up question to that so that seems pretty simple right uh i mean we all you know if, if if someone said you know uh in your mind's eye you know imagine somebody running like it i mean we all mm -hmm. know what that looks like and you mentioned it could be on the treadmill yep uh, you also mentioned it doesn't necessarily have to be in a traditional location. For instance, you mentioned, you know, if you had to run around an airport, that would qualify. Well, let me ask you about this. Um, it's not uncommon for runners, uh, sometimes who are dealing with soft tissue issues mm -hmm. or injuries to move their uh, running activity to the pool 
or to yeah. a lake. Call it aqua jogging, right? The it's actually an industry, right? They've got they've got yeah. those uh, those those floaties that you strap around your waist to to keep you buoyant. Kevin, aqua jogging does that count? I, I don't know. Um, are you are you asking if I think it counts or if the actual definition on the Running Street Association? All right, good. All right, good question. Um, that's a that's an excellent follow up question. Um, and because I haven't yet asked you what what your definition is, mm-hmm. um, well, let's let's start with this. Um, as far as the U.S. Running Street Association goes, it, they don't mention aqua jogging. They don't. Okay. All right. And uh, along that, and I'll ask you about your thought about that in just a moment. Uh, in, in a similar vein, um, uh, as part of uh, as as part of uh, injury rehabilitation, uh, there are uh, these uh, uh, altered gravity treadmills. I'm sure you've seen them, right? Yeah. Where you, it, I mean, it looks like a treadmill, but it's sort of encased in this glass box and, and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, you're sort of, you're, you're not suspended there cause your, your feet are actually touching the ground, but then they somehow alter the air pressure inside this chamber. And, uh, you are, you are slightly unweighted so that you're not uh, so that you're not impacting the treadmill uh, with full body weight, altered gravity. You know what I'm talking about. I do. I've always yeah. wanted to try one of those. I have not. Yeah. And I, inter- yeah, interestingly enough, I'm an exercise physiologist. I have not tried one either. I don't know if that's a good thing or or not. Maybe it's a good thing because I haven't had the need to, to try one, although I'm curious about them. Um, so along with, uh, again, similar vein as, as aqua jogging, you're not aware that the U.S. Running Streak Association makes any dispensation for altered gravity running on the trip. I'm not. Right. I'm not aware. All right. So, I, it, and I don't mean to get in the weeds, but um, but you know, you, I mean, you know that it's not unusual for runners to either have to take it to the pool uh, or uh, who are involved in some sort of uh, rehab of soft tissue injuries having to take it on an on an altered gravity treadmill. All right. Let me ask. Let me ask you about how you define a running streak because I'm. I'm pretty sure that your definition, like what qualifies as a run day for you is a little mm-hmm. bit different than uh, the U.S. Running Streak Association. So for you, Kevin, what 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 defines what defines a, a qualifiable run? Yeah, so um, I would keep the definition of at least one mile per day. Um, it doesn't mention anything on their site, but mine is that there has to be at least one continuous mile in that. Um, there are people that have a run streak where their mile is either interrupted. Maybe they live in a city and it's tough to get an entire mile at a time. If they're doing a shorter two mile run, like you might not have a continuous mile, but I've made sure mine have always had at least one continuous mile. Yeah. And when, and, and when, when you say, when you say people in the city might not have a continuous mile, are you saying because they have to stop for, for streetlights? Yeah. Like just stopping, even if it's for 10 seconds for a streetlight, you know, something like that. Right. Um, so for you then, Kevin, uh, aqua jogging, altered gravity treadmill or treadmill, uh, what, what counts as, as a, as a running activity or what doesn't count as a running activity? Maybe is a better way to put it. Um, well, none of my streaks have been aqua jogging or, um, on the alter G. Uh, I actually hate just treadmill running in general. 
Um, I have some treadmill runs during the streak. Um, I would, if I had to guess, I'd say maybe six. So, <laughs> In uh, eight years. Yeah. Um, I haven't <laughs> okay. done one for at least five years. I know that. Um, good. I just do not like treadmills. They have our absolute last resort for me. And just to clarify, <clears throat> yeah, the difference between the difference between running and walking. Um, mm -hmm. right. So, uh, be, because, you know, you, you can, you can, there are times in which you can actually be walking mm -hmm. faster than you can run, right. For whatever oh, reason, sure. if you really slow your running down and you really speed your walking up. Uh, so it's, it, so the difference between running and walking isn't necessarily pace based, right. It's more, it's more a matter of, of, of biomechanics. Um, technically speaking, uh, you got to have at least one foot off the ground at, 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 or no more than, no more than, no more than one foot on the ground at any given time. That yeah. would, that would be the, the difference or distinction between running and walking. Correct. Right. Cause yeah. with walking with, 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 is that right? Am I, am I saying that right now that I'm saying it? Walking, you have to have at least one foot on the ground at all times. Thank you. That's yeah. what I was trying to say. Right. With running, there's obviously a, a, that flight phase in which yeah. in which both feet uh, at and during the flight phase are off the ground. All right. So the technical definition or the te technical distinction between running and walking is with walking um, is at least one foot on the ground at all times. All right, Correct. Got it. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that uh, for that explanation. Um, <clears throat> all right. So so. I'm sure you would agree that that consistency is really the key to all things, um, uh, including athletic performance. Right. Um, I mean, it's as as we mentioned before, um, you know, I, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it fair to say that you were an average to above average high school runner? Um, it's fair to say, yeah, I was I'd say I was average for cross country and I was probably above average for track. OK. So, um, yeah. And, and, and is it also true that during your current running streak, uh, you've set some lifetime performance, personal bests? Um, yeah, every, every distance that I still, <laughs> okay. that I still compete in. I, my 800 meter record is still in high school, but I don't fair. race the 800 meter anymore. So fair, fair, fair for the distances, for the distance that you, that you currently compete in. Um, so all of your all of your lifetime personal best in the in the events that you currently or still participate in all of them have been during this eight plus year running streak that's correct all right now this is, that's really interesting to me right so do you think uh kevin that your running streak in other words your running consistency uh has had anything to do with 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 these personal bests i i 100% think it does yeah. All right. So, yeah. So elaborate on that. Why, why do you think that's the case? Yeah. So, um, I'd say after I didn't run in college. So after high school, um, well, I didn't run for a college team while in college, I ran while I was in college clarify. and you went and you went to the university of New Hampshire. Correct. Right. Yes. Okay. So, uh, after high school, I really struggled with consistency and just motivation for running. I would you know, getting these phases, um, say in the fall, which I think is a lot of people think is the best running weather, you know, I'd be really into running and I'd get in good shape starting and start training consistently in August and then be in good shape in October, November. And then, you know, the not so great weather would come and I'd maybe be running 
one or two or three days a week and maybe even take off a week or two. And then, um, again, March would come around and we'd have some of those nice, you know, March 58 degrees. It's like the first nice day, you know, the sun's out till seven o'clock. Like, okay, maybe I'll start running five days a week again and I get in shape. And then it'd be hundred degrees in the summer and I'd be, okay, I'm going to take a couple days off and lose fitness again. And then fall would come around and, you know, just go up and down like year after year, it would just happen, um, over and over. So I experimented with run streaks. Uh, I want to say maybe 2010, um, was the first time I experimented with the run streak and it was never with the intention of keeping a very long run streak going. It was, I don't remember what month it was. I think it was a summer month that I usually don't run a lot in where I was just, I told myself, okay, August, if it was August, I'm not sure. I'm just going to run every single day this month. And yeah, the first time I did that, I think I ran every single day that month, a couple days into the next month. And I was noticeably fitter uh, and I was motivated and I went back to um, not run streaking, but I continued training well where uh, when i'm running well i usually want to take one day off every two weeks that was my standard way back before i ran every day um and yeah that's the streak kind of would kickstart that and i felt that my fitness i would stay motivated and i would stay fit for say six months before i lost a little bit of interest as opposed to you know three months of being really motivated so um I did another run streak that was 30 days at some point in maybe 2012 and same thing. Um, and then I think it was also 2012, possibly 2013 that I did a 101 day run streak, which I thought I would never beat again. I was, it was actually through the winter. So, you know, that's the toughest time of the year to have a run streak. And particularly if you live in New Hampshire, right? Just oh, yeah. make sure that we clarify that, right? It's not like yes. you live in Phoenix, Arizona, you live in, in, yeah. in New Hampshire, right? So that one, yeah, that one, uh, kind of the funny, it is funny that I thought I would be like, no, that was 101 days. That's crazy. I'm never going to do that again. Like never going to do it again. Um, but yeah, I went, um, the key part from that run streak, I remember was that, um, can I throw some 5k times out there to kind of give yeah you yeah like you, a, yeah you do so, yeah you do your thing um I was in what I'd consider like okay shape for myself um and I remember running a race in uh the New Year's Day race in Lowell Massachusetts um and I ran 1855 1856 which you know again for me at the time it was okay it was like not good not bad just an average run and that streak had just started right before then and i just remember training pretty significantly hard you know 30 days straight and the same location in lowell massachusetts has a race on super bowl sunday and <clears throat> i ran that race same exact course and i ran exactly a minute faster whether it was 1856 or 1855 i don't remember but that next race almost exactly a month later, say 35 days later, something like that was 1755, 1756. And I was like, it's just one month. Like now I didn't run a 1655 a month later, but you know, that would have been 
that would have been cool. But yeah, um, that's when I kind of realized like, Hey, maybe this run streak thing, like, you know, I can do a hundred days. I can keep training hard. It keeps me motivated um, with results like that. Uh, hmm. And so that was that 101 day streak was the last streak that I did before the current streak that I'm on. Right so, now. yeah. So, so during, during this current eight year period, uh, as, 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 as we, as we, uh, as you mentioned, as we talked about, um, you've set some lifetime personal best at the distances that you're, you're currently, that you currently compete in. Uh, for instance, th those are things like, uh, like 5k, 10k, Yep. Uh, half marathon uh, and marathon, although you've, I, I think I remember you saying at one point that you've, well, at least the, the last, the last time I heard you talk about it, that you'd only done two marathons. Have you done more than that? Um, I've run in four marathons, but I DNF'd in two of them. So I still okay. have two marathon completions. Gotcha. All right. So that, all right. So that's, uh, so that, then that information is, is, is updated. Um, I guess what I'm curious about is, um, <clears throat> so, you know, you, you, you saw some pretty significant increase or improvement in performance during that initial run streak. You begin this eight year run streak. Um, were, were, were most of the personal bests at these distances set early in this current run streak, or really have you seen, have you seen a consistent improvement in performance uh, Kevin, over the last, over the last, last eight years, or, you know, at, at some point, uh, have you begun to experience a plateau from a performance standpoint, just help, help myself and the listener understand about the, uh, about the durability, uh, mm -hmm. and the, and the sustainability of these improvements in performance over the last eight years of this current running streak. Yeah. So going into the streak, um, uh, let's see. My 5k PR was a 1738. And that was from, I believe, 2011. Um, started the run streak in 2014. Uh, in August 2014. In March 2015, uh, after many, many attempts to beat that 5k PR, I ran a 1737, which is a one second PR, which still a PR still counts. You know, you hope it's more. But, um, yeah, so 2015 ran a 1737, finally PR, PR'd in the 5K, you know, after almost a, a PR that lasted four plus years. Um, later that summer, uh, brought that time down to 1714. Um, so another big PR. Uh, meanwhile, um, 2015, I believe I PR'd in the 10K as well. Um, uh, also PR'd in the half marathon in 2015. Um, and 2016 comes along. I kept bringing those PRs down. Um, 2017 comes along. Now, most of my PRs are actually still from 2017. Uh, but, um, that is by far the best training cycle I've ever had in my entire life. Um, so if you continue on into the 2018, 2019, 2020, um, I would kind of come close to those 2017 times, but I could never quite beat them. Uh, however, I, I, since 2017, I've not put in the amount of work that I put in 2017. So it's not 
like a stagnant uh, increase in times because of, you know, running out of talent or time. It's just, I haven't put in that effort um, to hit those 2017 times okay. uh, until uh, if I could add one more thing. Uh, yeah. The past few months uh, I've trained uh, not as much as 2017, but a very significant, uh, very, very good training block. And um, there's a good chance that I am going to um, get some PRs this winter, possibly early spring. Um, I ran a race on Thanksgiving, uh, 10K, and missed my PR by nine seconds, which in a 10K, that's, you know, very, very close to PRing. So, and that and that, that and that was a PR that you set in 2017. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So yeah. to be nine okay. seconds away, like that's it's very, very, very close. Yeah. Well, for five, for five or six years seconds. later. Yeah. And the fact that you're five or six years older, right? I mean, you're mm. you're, you're you're still aging, although you're 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 very much a young guy. Let me let me circle back quickly to to 2017. So. Um, you, you, you describe it as, you know, as, as a really successful, uh, uh, year from a performance standpoint. Um, uh, but you also noted that, that your training was different from a, from a, yeah. from a quality standpoint and, or a quantity standpoint, clarify that Kevin was, uh, 2017 from a training standpoint, we know about what happened from a performance standpoint, but 2017 from a training standpoint, uh, was it quality or was it quantity? Cause it was con consistency was there. That wasn't the variable cause you were running every day. Yeah. But what, 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 what do you think was the, was the big differentiator in tw 2017 quality or quantity? Um, so it was quality and quantity 100%. What, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, what do you mean by that? Give, give, so, me, give me an example. Uh, an example. We'll, we'll start with quantity. Um, the kind of mileage I do can vary. Um, but I'm typically a 50 to 60, maybe 65 mile per week guy for most of the year, unless I'm training for something specifically. Um, you know, I'll occasionally hit 70 mile weeks, low seventies. Um, but it's, unless I'm training for something specifically, there's not a ton of those in a row or anything like that. So 2017, um, the, I was training for my second marathon. Um, my debut marathon was 2016. Uh, I ran a 247, which I was very happy with. What, what uh, marathon was that by the way, Kev? Uh, that was the loco marathon, uh, which is in Newmarket, New Hampshire fitting right. for my first one. Yeah, um, right, right. so 2017, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to beat my marathon PR and I was already in pretty good shape. So I tried a rather ambitious training plan. Um, it was going to be more miles than I'd ever done, um, multiple weeks in a row. It was going to be harder workouts than I'd ever done. It was going to be longer, long runs, more long runs than I'd ever done. Um, and just real, real quality. I get quality is a, a great word now that I'm not doing that training, but real tough, real, like finish the run. Want to go straight to bed type days over and over and over again in 2017, um, you know, before that marathon training block, I'd done one 80 mile week ever. And there was a point in that training block where I did four in a row. So, um, yeah, it just quality and quantity and went out and, um, PR'd that fall in everything from 5k 
up to marathon. So, so, um, you know, clearly, uh, there was cause and effect there, at mm -hmm. least I, I suspect, at least in your mind. I mean, it, it just, for me as an outside observer, um, and quantity, it would make sense. And particularly if you're, if you remained healthy, it would make sense, um, that you would experience some improvement in performance. Yeah. Um, uh, for you, um, how have you not been able or or why haven't you not been able to replicate uh, uh, that type of training um, since 2017? Is it, is it lack of interest in doing that again? Is it because you haven't been training for marathons? Is it just the desire to put in that 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 kind of work? I mean, you you clearly saw you must have seen some cause and effect there. Um why has it been difficult, Kevin, for you not for you to for, for you to replicate that 2017? Um, there's probably a, a decent amount of reasons. Um, I get one of the reasons why 2017 even succeeded, I think, so well was uh, my personal life was not too great at the time. So I kind of was just running just no matter what, like I would do the workout that was scheduled no matter what, like I was just running out there. Um, and so, you know, it's kind of a fortunately, unfortunately that I, my life's been pretty good since then. So there's never really been a long period of time where I've needed running to, you know, help as much as it did back then. So was, that's, what, yeah, was, was, was running a little bit of an, of an escape for you at that time? Was, oh yeah. That, yeah. 2017, it absolutely was. Um, hmm. It coincided with, you know, the great training plan. Uh, that training plan was already planned. Just the fact that I think I stuck to it more than I potentially could have if everything was great in my life. So, um, yeah, since since 2017, I've just never quite reached that level of training. Um, I wouldn't say lack of interest. I've gotten close to that level. Um, 2020, I got very close to that that level of miles, that level of consistent, uh, high mileage quality runs. Um, unfortunately in 2020, there really weren't races, you know, I was stuck at home. There's plenty of things to, you know, plenty of time to run. So I trained hard and, uh, there were no races. So yeah. I was so, going to yeah, time so trials. You, yeah. You, you, you might not really have known what, what your fitness exactly. level was like in 2020, just because, uh, because of the pandemic there, um, uh, uh, only in very rare cases were, were events still being held. Um, well, I, 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 just, I think it's fascinating that, um, you know, here you were, uh, in high school, average cross country runner, you know, uh, above average, uh, outdoor track, uh, athlete, uh, kind of, you know, dabbled in running through college, but it wasn't, certainly wasn't a focus of yours. Um, you, um, you, you sort of have this, uh, this rekindling of a passion for running, right. Yeah. Um, after, after college, uh, and, and <laughs> you, 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 I mean, you're, you're, you're not just an average or above average runner anymore. I mean, I, <laughs> there's a, there, there's a, a lot of times when you're standing on top of podiums, like you, you are one of the elite 
distance runners in this area. I mean, you may not see it that way, Kevin. Uh, you're probably a hum you're a humble guy, but uh, truth is, you are uh, you are a very successful runner now. And uh, uh, I mean, I have to believe. Obviously, there's 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 always a myriad of factors that uh, that are involved in that kind of success. Um, but your consistency. Mm -hmm. right? Um, over the last eight years, for sure, uh, has to has to be a variable. Um, so the U.S. Running Streak Association, their website has a tagline, uh, and the tagline is: "Through weather, injury, illness, and life events, we run every day." Yeah. So using that <clears throat> tagline, let me ask you some uh, some some logical, predictable, and maybe cliche questions, but um, I'm ready. <laughs> and these are questions I know you've been, you've been posed before, but, but it was a, it was a little while ago. And so perhaps things have changed. Uh, all right. Uh, most challenging weather. Um, during most the challenging weather. I mean, it's tough to beat a blizzard when there's, you know, a driving ban, <laughs> something like that. Like, okay. like, Oh, it's illegal to drive right now. I'll be like, but is it illegal to run like so there's been a couple winters that there's been some very insane blizzard like conditions yeah okay uh, so w w would you would you say it's it's w would you say it's fair to say that for you uh the most challenging weather um uh to deal with in terms of maintaining the streak has been in the winter time you say that's I would fair? say so. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, whether it's whether it's a blizzard uh, or I think as you as you mentioned earlier, uh, an ice storm. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I mean, as 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 outdoor runners, um, you know, so long as we can safely get to where we want to run, and you know, some, maybe perhaps for you sometimes that's just at the end of your driveway. Um, so long as we can safely get to where we need to run. For the most part, you know, roads get plowed and you wear traction devices and it's not, I mean, running on a plowed, uh, uh, a snow plowed street is not really that big of an issue. Ice is an issue. Ice yeah. is always an issue. Um, even with traction. Yeah. Uh, even with the best <laughs> nano spikes or tracks or whatever, like there's still a chance you're going to wipe out. Yeah. Ice yeah. is no, ice is no bueno. Um, but to, to your, I, I guess to your earlier point, as we talked about the definition of, 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 of what it means to maintain a streak, uh, doesn't have to necessarily be fast. It just has to be at least mm -hmm. one continuous mile. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, so winter weather, that makes, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. I, I guess I should also probably ask, uh, uh, you, you, you must have a, a, a pretty robust, uh, outdoor running gear wardrobe fair. Um, it's kind of, kind of fair. I, I tend to wear a lot less even in the winter. Okay. Um, I haven't mentioned this to you, but, uh, during the running streak, I've actually also run in shorts every day. So I have that's <laughs> that part hold, going. Hold, hold, hold on. Wait, back up, back up. Back that, up. That, that's going to need to be, that's going to need some clarification. <laughs> what did you just say? You, you, you've run, you've run every one of these runs the last eight years in shorts. That's correct. Yes. <laughs> and again, 
for the listener, you live in uh, Stratum, New Hampshire, which is That's, in the yeah. southern part of the state of New Hampshire. But southern, mm -hmm. in this case, does not denote warm. Uh, New Hampshire is a cold, snowy state from December through, well, sometimes April, um, in which temperatures can sometimes not wind chill, but air temperatures can be in the negative numbers. You've still done every I've one of those done. outdoor runs in shorts. Yes. <laughs> that I didn't know. <laughs> that's a, that's an excellent little little uh, little nugget. Uh, uh, is that just uh, just a matter of pride? Is that just is that part of the streak, or you just tend to run warm? Uh, it's probably it's probably all those factors. I definitely tend to run warm. Um, the reason the shorts streak started. So the short streak is actually much longer than the the actual <laughs> run streak. Okay. Um, the last time I ran in pants was 2005. <laughs> so, um, during high school, um, my senior year, we had, uh, indoor track and our athletic director, if there was any bad weather, I'm talking like snow flurries, like didn't want us training outside. It was, it was ridiculous. It was like, we're, you know, teenagers, we can go run loops of the field. If you're concerned about it's getting hit by cars, it was like, nope, can't run outside. It was like, okay. There's a lot of back and forth with that, that, you know, we got a little more leeway. Um, and there was a day that I guess he had seen us running outside in, you know, maybe 20 degree weather, uh, the team, we were all in shorts. And so we got in trouble for that. Uh, we were told that we, if it was below, I want to say 20 degrees, 25 degrees, like we had to wear pants to run. <laughs> so we all reluctantly wore pants for a few times that winter. And then it was towards the end of indoor track. This is, you know, my senior year. So it's towards the end of indoor track. And it was one of those days that it was 20 degrees. We were supposed to wear pants. And I was like, yeah, the season's over in like a week. Like what's going to happen if I wear shorts today? Like, is the athletic director going to be like, your season's over. <laughs> so, you know, I was a senior, I was a little cocky. So I was like, all right, I'm wearing shorts. And so I wore shorts that day. Um, I don't, I don't think he ever noticed. So that part doesn't matter, but uh, yeah. So I've now worn shorts for every run since whatever day that was, it could have been January. It was probably January, 2006 is our season wraps up, you know, late January, I believe if I remember correctly. So, well, that's, um, <clears throat> that's indeed impressive as someone uh, himself, uh, who uh, spends at least an hour outdoors every day, year round. Um, I know uh, that in the last 10 plus years, <laughs> there have been any number of days in the wintertime in which it's really, you know, outdoors is, is you know, is as in, in as, is, as is as uninhabitable in terms of weather as you can possibly imagine. That is, uh, that is indeed impressive and uh, an important asterisk, I think, to the streak. Um, most significant injury that you've, that you've run through during this current eight-year-plus running streak? So I think there's a tie between two injuries. Um, 2018, I really messed up my ankle very badly. Uh, never went to the doctor because they would have told me to stop running and put a cast or a boot or something on my foot. So uh, I did not go to the doctor, which my mother was not a fan of because, you know, mothers are like that. But um yeah, I've got some good pictures that I can send you after of that ankle where Please do. 
it was uh i mean it was black and blue just it, the size of a grapefruit like it was uh you know like i've rolled my ankle a few times um i mean sometimes you hear like some noises that don't sound so great but that one when it like i heard like a snap like it was it was bad um still ran the day after uh luckily it was in the that was in may 2018 so there was more soft surfaces available uh rail trail um so that made it a tiny bit easier to do i don't know if that injury had happened in the winter and i had to run on tar i don't i don't know what would have happened then um second injury uh wasn't a super painful injury but i uh, about two years ago was dealing with some really bad sciatic sciatica sciatic nerve stuff where uh there it definitely hurt uh but there was a point where my leg just wouldn't bend in the right way to actually run normally like it's it's hard to describe i don't know if you've ever had sciatic issues but i haven't but i know a lot of people would have. <laughs> like it I, I can't even describe how there, there'd be i'd try to make a running motion with the left side of my body and like pain you can push through like kind of no matter what but like the the leg just wouldn't move in a normal way so that was uh that was not fun. So that was a very difficult and a different way hmm. to deal with. Um, yeah. And a lot of things with sciatic stuff is uh, a lot of times is they don't really tell you to, they might tell you to stop running, but um, like just general walking and stuff really isn't bad. So I was trying to just, you know, go on walks and stuff like that. Cause you loosen and strengthen some of the, the muscles in that area tend to help. And it did help. Um, so yeah, that was just a difficult injury for a, for a different reason than pain, I guess. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, because it, it significantly altered your your running mechanics. Um, all right, uh, worst illness that you have had to run through during this current running streak. Um, so this is a clear. There's a clear number one for this. Uh, it's not COVID, although running through COVID was pretty difficult. Um, <laughs> I've you know sidebar on that. I did have COVID uh june 2022 um and it was pretty tough i i was just doing like three or four mile runs at and what is typically a very easy pace my heart rate was just like as if i was running a 5k basically like racing a 5k it was insane i was like running along you know well over eight minutes a mile flat road heart rate's like 168 i'm like mm, okay but that's not the worst illness I've dealt with. Um, I forget what summer it was. I want to say maybe 2018 or 2019. I got some pretty significant food poisoning. Um, and there was also a heat wave at the exact same time. So it's <laughs> just think about being, you know, dehydrated, extremely dehydrated because, you know, things are coming out both ends and trying to go for a run. Like you're so dehydrated already and it's 92 degrees outside. So not to go into too much detail, but I was also kind of afraid to go too far from my house. For <laughs> I understand. Reasons. So I was doing these runs at, you know, 10 o'clock at night because I, in case there was, you know, an accident of some kind and didn't want anyone to see me. So uh, yeah, that was by far the most difficult. That was just, it was, I mean, food poisoning doesn't last a super long time, but it was, it was definitely at least three days. Like it was, 
Well, and, and, you know, and, and if it's not, and if you're not involved in a running streak, then you, you know, you lay low for a couple of days and it you know yeah. goes away and no big deal. But, um, but in the midst of a running streak, like you got to figure out a way to continue to get it done. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. So then, 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 then the, then the fourth, uh, then the fourth thing, which is, which is, you know, on their website, the fourth thing that they, that we run through are, are life events, uh, most profound, uh, life event that you still ran through. And I'm really quite sure what that means, but maybe you know what that means. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it means like most like either difficult or. Like, yeah. Like, 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 like you got a buddy's wedding. wedding day. Yeah. Like yeah. Some... You got a buddy's wedding. And then the next day, of course, <laughs> you know, you had a really good time at the wedding the night before yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or, or you're, you're traveling across country for, you know, for uh graduation or what, those types of things. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, fortunately, I don't think I've really had to deal with anything too crazy. Um, when I mentioned earlier, you know, 2017 wasn't that great for my life, my personal life. Um, it really wasn't like a chore to run, like running was needed. So that rules out that whole time. Um, I would say there's been some times where, yeah, that there have been flights, and stuff like that, that have made a very difficult day. Um, one recent example, I don't know if this would be the, the most profound moment, but uh, I was working a race down in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina, and that pretty much called for a 4, 3.30, 4, 4.30 a.m. wake up, somewhere around then, you know, the usual um, go set up a course, go do registration, which is what I usually did back then, um, work the race. And then that one happened to be, we were flying out the same day. Um, and I was there with a few other people who one person had a flight earlier in the afternoon or mid afternoon. And then our flights were at like 8 PM. So we had to get to the airport super early and our flight landed in Boston after midnight. So I was like, I have to get a run in where the Airbnb checkout was well before we were done working the race. And it's like, I'm not going to run at the airport. And this is South Carolina in the summer. So like I can do a lot of things after running without requiring a shower, but I feel like that for me and, you know, the courtesy of other people that would be on a plane with me, I probably need to get, maybe not shower, but get under a hose. Uh, so what we ended up doing, doing was we finished working the race and the race wasn't too far from the Airbnb we we're at, even though it was two or three hours after checkout time. So we went back. There were no cleaners there or anything yet. Code still worked. So I went for a three mile run and um, I guess snuck back into the Airbnb and took like a 30 second shower because I was like petrified, like a cleaner was just going to walk in and then, you know, charge us like $500 for staying there three hours late, which they totally could be right to do, you know? Um, and then like snuck out of there and then like got to the airport and then had to sit around an airport for five hours, but you know, yeah, in all, in all your sweat. Um, no, I think that, I think that totally, <laughs> I think that totally, uh, think qualifies, uh, yeah, as a, as a, as a life event or an event within your life that you kind of had to work around. Oh, um, one thing I want to add to that actually, which I totally yeah. forgot about. So I hate running in the morning. Also, if, if I were, were to run that morning, it would have been at like three 30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I actually considered doing that until um, I had mentioned it to someone that lived down there that that's what I was thinking of doing. And they were like, oh, don't run in the area you're staying in the morning because the alligators come out and hang out on the sidewalks before dawn and you're not going to see them. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, my New Hampshire mind did not think that that would be an issue at all. And I'm like, and they also have no streetlights there because it messes with the sea turtles or something. So there's no streetlights at all. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm like, I'm glad someone said something or else I've been running at 3.30 in the morning and maybe stepped on an alligator, you know? You would have, yeah, you would, you would have totally tripped on an alligator and then taken out a whole mess of sea turtles at the same time. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's actually a really good story too. Um, so uh, behavioral psychology um, really has taught us a few things about streaks. Um, and in the center of it is this uh, neurochemical transmitter known as dopamine, right? Also known mm -hmm. as the reward chemical. Um, so one of the things that we know um, is that as a streak uh, increases, it becomes more valuable. Uh, and as it becomes more valuable, the dopamine reward increases. And as the dopamine reward increases, you put in more effort to maintain the streak. And as you put in more effort, you increase the likelihood of maintaining the streak, right? Um, and, and what's interesting about the, this dopamine reward system is that in your case, it's, it's likely a big reason you've been able to maintain your current running streak. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, this same reward system is also theorized to play a role in things like drug addiction. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily making a connection between running streaks and, and drug addiction. Don't, don't misunderstand that. I'm just saying that the neurochemical uh, involvement is very similar, right? Those chemicals are, 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 are very, very similar. A um, couple of questions uh, for you, Kevin, as it relates to that. Yeah. Um, have you, have you streaked before? with any other non-running activity or behavior? Like in other words, uh, you know, that people talk about dry Januarys where they stop drinking alcohol for a month, or maybe you didn't eat chocolate for three months or I don't know, whatever. Silly non-running related things. Have you ever, you ever, have you ever streaked with something other than running? Um, I, I mean, I feel like I have never to the degree of a run streak, I would say. Um, and also not in a day-to-day -day type thing. Um, I used to have some pretty good uh, like hiking streaks that I have failed on recently. Um, so I'd always hike uh, Mount Major as my first hike of the year, every year. And then I'd always hike Mount Washington via various ways, um, which Mount Washington's the tallest mountain in the Northeast uh, tallest mountain in Hampshire, obviously. Um, and I would always hike Mount Washington at least once, uh, once a year. And that streak I kept up for many years until I don't remember what year I, uh, stopped doing that. Um, I've done, yeah, I've done like a dry January type thing too. Um, but I don't really drink too much or very often. So that's not really like a thing that I need to, um, do, I guess. Yeah. Like I could, there's sometimes like I might go close to a month and be like, Hey, I haven't had a beer in like three weeks. Like, Oh, like I accidentally, you know, did a dry month. So got it. Yeah. Without, without, without <clears throat> consciously doing it. Um, 
so in 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 in, in the beginning um, of uh, of this uh, running streak, um, you know, b- before running became a uh, you know second nature, like yeah. before you absolutely habituated it. Um, what was your daily routine like with respect to running? Like I'm talking about, you know, pre July 31st or pre August 1st, 2014, the day that you started this current running streak um, in which, I mean, you had mentioned that you had, you know, you, you had, you had been running, but obviously yeah. not, not this consistently. Um, what, uh, yeah. I mean, before, it, before it became second nature, you know, over the last eight years, yeah, tell tell us a little bit about the uh, about your your daily routine as it as it related to running. In other words, what what did you do to assure that you were going to get a run in early on, beginning of the streak? Um, so at the beginning of this current run streak, um, the initial plan was to just run every day of that August twenty fourteen. So I can't really remember if there are any difficult days or if I really had to, you know, plan a routine um, to make it through that initial goal. Um, I don't know how to how to say this without like sounding like I'm full of myself, but like to run 30 days in a row at that point was just like, oh, that's just just run 30 days in a row. There wasn't like extra thought, extra planning, anything like that. It was just like, oh, just do it. you know, if I had set out to be like, I'm going to run 100 days in a row starting August 1st, I probably would have had to put more thought into it. Um, so I do remember once, you know, August became September 2014. Um, <clears throat> just with it being September, you know, some of the best running weather out there, typically in our area, September, October. Um, it just kept going. And I think probably once I hit maybe 60 days or maybe 70 days, I was like, you know, I should try to beat the, my old record of 101. So at that point, that's probably when more thought went into the streak, just making sure there was a time in the day to run and just, um, yeah, just making sure that I got that, that day. And as I got closer to 101 days, you know, it became more exciting. You know, there's probably extra dopamine, going through when I, you know, hit 90, 91, 92. So, and whatever day 101 would have been, (laughs) which would have, you know, that's August, September. So some point, November, 2014, um, past 101. I don't even remember, honestly, run streak day 102. I don't, I know I must've been excited. And then at that point, I don't know if I thought like, let me just try and finish off 2014 or if I I know at some point I was like, I'm going to try to get 365, but I don't think it was that early on. I think at that point it was like any day over 101 is a new record. So, right. Yeah. Right. Keep as yeah, long every, as every day beyond that, you're, yeah. you're, you're and that's you're still, setting, it's still a new record every day. So. Yeah. You're setting a new, a new yeah. high watermark. Um, well, I, I mean, now, um, you know, the, the, the objective is to keep the streak going. Yep. Right. Um, so, um, I mean, is there anything that you do specifically, uh, from a planning standpoint to make sure that you have, you know, your dedicated time, whatever that happens to be, um, you know, the amount of time and the timing of that time, is there anything you do specifically to make sure that, that, that time is not 
taken up by something else that you have to do? Like, how do you, how do you make sure that you have yeah. the time to do what you need to get that run in today? So, um, yeah, like I've said, I've, I really prefer to run in the afternoon. Um, so I'm almost always an afternoon runner. Um, the exceptions are typically if someone wants to run with me and they can only run in the morning or, you know, 90% of races are also in the morning. So planning for my run to be in the afternoon or the evening leaves, I guess, less room for unexpected circumstances, which is just something that I've dealt with and succeeded so far. Um, so, you know, if you're typically a 6 a.m., 7 a.m. runner and, you know, you get that run done, if something unexpected comes up in your life at 2 p.m., it doesn't matter because you already ran. But I'll say something unexpected comes in, up in my life at 2, 3 p.m., like, got to account for that. Um, you know, I've been fortunate that that type of situation hasn't come so unexpectedly that there's been an issue. Um, I definitely have dreams that that scenario, at least once a month, there's a dream where I, I don't even know, like I'm dreaming that I fell asleep or I'm dreaming that I'm like stuck on a train or a plane and I need to run. Um, so that, you know, that is ingrained deeply in me clearly. Um, but as far as planning, um, <clears throat> you know, if I don't have anything crazy going on during the day, like I don't have kids, so I feel like that can affect a lot of people if they're trying to keep a run streak because that throws a whole, you know, wild card of anything that could happen. Um, so that's one thing that you take out of the equation. Um, so the times that I would plan more accordingly would be, I don't know, like if I had work and then there was a work event after, you know, I'd be like, I'd run either lunch or in the morning, something like that. Um, cause you know, I don't expect something crazy to happen at a work event, but you know, what if someone gets too drunk and has to go to the hospital and you're the only person that didn't drink much and you bring them and be like, I need to leave the hospital now at 11 to go running. But, um, See, so yeah, I plan for, I do try to plan for the unexpected, but fortunately for my, most of my days, there really isn't a chance of something crazy that's going to happen. So do you, uh, do you always keep a pair of running shoes in your car? Yes, I do. I have a pair of running shoes in my car. They're actually Mizunos from like 2014 <laughs> or 2015 okay. um, that are just in there just you know, in case. Cause I feel like you can run in any clothes that you'd be wearing. Like it wouldn't be pleasant, but shoes. I mean, also like if I had to run a mile in flip flops to save the streak, I could do it, but I'd much rather have shoes, you know? So. Oh, th th there's no doubt. Right. Because, uh, you know, you, you get frisky and you do a mile in your dress shoes. Next thing you know, you develop some really nasty blisters and, yeah. and blisters or something you can obviously continue to run through, but you're going to yeah. really delay, uh, the healing of, of, of blisters. If you, if you keep running on them. Um, so have you, um, have you ever turned down or otherwise sacrificed a social gathering, um, uh, in favor of the running streak? Uh, I'm sure I have. Um, I don't think that's come up too often. Um, 
well, that sounds like I have no social life. That's not true. <laughs> no, it's yeah, more you like might, you might want to clarify that. Kevin. I think a, a, a social invite or something like that may just affect how much I'm running okay. um, that day. Like, okay. say I go into a day with no other obligations and I'm like, I'm going to run eight miles today. And someone is like, hey, after work, do you want to go blah, 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 or whatever? And I'm like, ah, oh, I haven't seen so and so in forever. Like, I should probably go with them. I'll just sneak in a four mile run instead of my planned eight mile run and then go to that event or whatever it is. So, yeah. um, but I don't know if about blowing off, like, Oh no, I have to run. Like, unless I can't think of a scenario where there'd be like an unplanned big event that I need to go to that I wouldn't have, you know, planned my run to accommodate that, I guess. Okay. All right. Well, it, so I, I guess what I'm hearing is that, a, uh, is that a big part of it for you um, is planning is and, yeah. and forward planning. So, um, and, and, and along that line, um, I talk about something called priming, uh, with my athletes. Uh, and for us, what that means is, um, <clears throat> in order to, in order to put them in a position that significantly increases the likelihood that they are going to execute on their plan tomorrow, mm-hmm. we talk about priming the subconscious mind, uh, the evening before. So in other words, what I, what I ask them to do is um, when their head hits the pillow um, to, as the, as the last thing that they think about is uh, not, not, not replaying the day's events, yeah. but rather um, in a forward looking uh, mindset, thinking about how tomorrow is going to play out with regard to that thing that they need to do right to Mm -hmm. get in that run tomorrow and we so we prime the subconscious by thinking about by visualizing you know where am i going to run uh what am i gonna what am i gonna you know where am i gonna do it how am i going to do it why am i going to do it we we prime the subconscious so that the next day um right the what's the expression the body achieves what the mind believes Mm-hmm. So if you've already primed the subconscious that tomorrow at 4.30 in the afternoon, you're going to go run on such and such a street in such and such a town because you're, you know, you're, you're redlining that, that town. Mm-hmm. Um, when tomorrow comes around and 4.30 comes around, then you s- almost automatically just sort of go into that activity mode. Kevin, do you use priming maybe you don't specifically use it that way but do you think about like tonight before you before you fall asleep do you think about yeah where you're gonna run and how you're gonna run tomorrow i think so i mean um you know at the start of pretty much every week i kind of um whether or not i'm following a specific training plan i do kind of plan out my week based on you know what i have going on and based on weather stuff like that um <clears throat> and then on a day-to-day basis uh, I definitely will think about the next day's run at night. It may, it maybe not be the last thing I think about before I go to sleep. Um, but yeah, I'm all, I'm pretty much always thinking about the next day's <laughs> next day's run. Like, you know, just, just analyzing different things. Like, cause you can start Monday with great ambitions for the week. And then you plan out what you think you're going to do for the week. And then you're a little sore or, you know, you're just tired and you're like, man, I planned nine miles at the workout tomorrow. Like, am I really going to do that? Like, should I move that workout? Should I have it on Friday instead, Saturday instead, or should I cut back the workout a little bit, cut back the total miles? Like, should I, 
just take an easy day because I really need one. Like, so I'm always thinking about, hmm. I don't know if it's always conscious that I'm thinking about the next day's run and planning, but it just always happens. Yeah. No matter well, what. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, well again, I think, I, I think planning is a, is a really important and key and key variable. Um, uh, look, one of, one of the last things that I, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about is um, uh, are the concepts of, of passion, obsession, and addiction, because I'm sure that, um, you know, over the last eight years or so, um, you've, you've, you've probably gotten some different types of feedback from folks about what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, it's very likely <clears throat> that that feedback um, has been characterized in one of those three ways, passion, obsession, or addiction. Let's talk mm -hmm. about that um, that a, a little bit. Specifically, let's talk about uh, are running streaks uh, a manifestation of passion, obsession, or addiction? Let's lay let's lay the ground rules here in terms of the definition of these things, right? So, okay. <clears throat> so passion would refer to an intense emotion that involves desire or enthusiasm for something. Mm -hmm. An obsession would be the domination of one's thoughts or feelings by a persistent idea, image, or desire to do something. And then lastly, in a very generalized way, although, although addiction has, has multiple definitions, there are general definitions, there are more clinical definitions, but from just a, a very general definition of addiction, um, addiction in this case would be the continued use of a mood-altering substance or behavior despite adverse consequences. Right? So passion, obsession, addiction. A couple of questions for you as it relates to these things. And specifically, um, as it relates to uh, how other people view your streak and how you mm. view your streak, right? I want to ask you about that. Um, let's start with this. Uh, how would you say uh, your non-running friends view your current running streak? Would they say if if I took a poll, Kevin, would yeah. they would they would they more likely say it's a passion, it's an obsession, or it's an addiction? Non-running friends. I'm trying to think how many how many non-running friends do I even have? You know, like <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> no, that's not true. I have I have non-running friends. Um. I mean, I, if a non-running friend, I think would probably rate the running streak as obsession or addiction and not yeah. passion. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, to totally fair. And, and, and why, why would you say that, Kevin? Because just, they just gen generally not having an intimate understanding of what, of what, of why running is meaningful and purposeful in general and specifically for you. Yeah. Um, I think it just comes down to if someone's not a runner, um, they probably know people that are runners, um, but they probably don't know anyone that does a run streak uh, or even knows what a run streak is. So when they first ask, like, what do you mean you have to run today? Like, you're like, well, I do this thing where I run every day, no matter what. And they're like, well, and then there's so many follow-up questions. And then they're like, just kind of like, and I'm like, I, we can end this conversation anytime. Like, we don't need to keep going. Like, I understand it's a little weird. It's very weird, but it's just yeah. what it is. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. As you, I mean, I'm sure as you're describing mm-hmm. it, it probably, probably would seem to you like you've, you've grown a third ear uh, yes. in the middle of your forehead, right? Just the, just the way people look at you as you're trying to explain how normal this is to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and with, with the, with, with your complete understanding that this is, that, that, that people who don't run certainly would see, would see this as completely abnormal. Um, all right. Uh, your family, and I, I should say your, your immediate family, your, your, your parents anyway, um, are runners, uh, yep. or have been runners and, and, uh, they're obviously very connected to the running community mm-hmm. and the running, they, they built the running community in the Southern part of the state of New Hampshire. Um, your family, do they view your running streak as a passion, obsession, or addiction? Um, I think they would be between passion and obsession. They'd be mm-hmm. somewhere between there. I don't think they view it as an addiction. Um, I think th- they're totally on board with the running streak 99% of the time. Um, it's when I am running through an injury that even I'm questioning why I'm out there that, you know, uh, I mentioned my mother earlier. She's the one that worries the most in that situation. My dad probably does too, but just doesn't vocalize it as much. Um, but yeah, she's always like, you know, be careful. Like you don't want to, you don't want to be out there just to keep this streak going and then, you know, ruin the rest of your life running where if you ran through an injury that could possibly never heal because you kept running on it, like that, that stuff goes through my head too. It's like, okay, keep the streak going. You might permanently cripple yourself in regards to running or end the streak and keep running the rest of your life. You know, it's a tough, you got to think about it sometimes. Um, well, well, again, I think, I think it comes back to, uh, to this dopamine reward system, right? I mean, it's always, yeah. it's always a matter of, uh, of reward and punishment, right? Um, it, you know, do you, um, do, do you, do you love the feeling of the reward? And in, in other words, the dopamine, or do you fear the punishment? In other words, the pain of, 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 star, of stopping the streak, right? It's always, always that, that, that balance between, between reward uh, and punishment. Um, well, of course, you know, your, your family knows you as well as, mm-hmm. as anyone. And again, in your case, your, your family is very connected, uh, to the sport of running. Uh, so I would imagine that, you know, they, that they would, they would understand you and this running street even more deeply. Uh, all right. You're running friends, Kevin. Uh, yeah. do they see your streak as a passion an obsession or an addiction? Um, They'd probably be on a similar level, I guess, as my family, I would say, um, between the passion and obsession level. I don't think any of my runner friends would think of it as an addiction Um, just because they, especially people that follow me on Strava, um, you can just tell that the run streak, you know, it has so-called easy days. Like if you had no knowledge of a run streak, and someone just told you they ran every day and didn't see information behind it, they might not exactly know what that means. They'd be like, well, is he out there for two hours every day? Like is, is every day 10 miles? Like, what is this? But uh, if people see like, oh, you know, it's not really a day off, but if you throw in, you know, a 25 to 30 minute run every once in a while, like that's almost like a day off. It's not, not as crazy. Um, I, I try to justify it as if I didn't have this run streak, 
um, like how many days of the year would I do nothing? You know, <laughs> like if even when I didn't have a run streak, if I wasn't running, I probably would go outside for a walk or, you know, a hike or a kayak or just swim around. I'm not a swimmer, but you know, just swim. Um, so I, I feel like I would never would be non-active for an entire day. I kind of try to explain that the day that you take is zero 24 hours. You know, you're, you're, you're doing on your day of running, just replace that with um, my very easy run. So, yeah, well, I think, I think, I, mean, I, I think, think that's what, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I think there's, there's relative recovery and there's absolute recovery, right? I mean, absolute yeah. recovery is, is, is the zero, um, but yep. relative recovery is, 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 is an easy day. And I, and I, and I can, and I can certainly understand and, and appreciate it. Uh, and I hadn't shared this, this with you, but I, uh, I also have an activity streak. I don't have a running streak, mm -hmm. um, but I'm, uh, uh, this past December, uh, past the three year mark of, uh, of daily physical activity, daily exercise. Yeah. Now it varies. That's, you know, that's strength work or, or walking my dogs or, or running or riding or paddling or whatever in the world it is something every day. So, um, you know, I think that, um, I, I, I think that absolute recovery, um, back up. I, I think, I think relative recovery mm -hmm. can, can be a really, can be a really, uh, useful mechanism, uh, to maintain an activity streak. In other words, I, I don't, there, there are times and for certain athletes, uh, in which an absolute day off is a necessity. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like, um, generally if your activity volume stays relatively consistent, um, the need for absolute rest days goes down considerably. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really only when your act, your activity volume is significantly ramping up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which in which the need for an absolute recovery day begins to begins to increase, and you I'm sure you felt that as well, right? When you're yep. generally speaking, when you're in the 50 to 55 mile a week volume range, like that's really sustainable for you. Like you can do yeah. that years and years at a time. Mm -hmm. But if you went from 50 miles a week to 90 miles in the next week. Um, you know, by the following week, you're going to start to feel some of that carried fatigue yeah. and not that necessarily would require you to take a day off, but that's when you're going to start to feel the change in volume. Uh, and when your body maybe starts to ask you for an easy day, uh, or an, or a non-active day. Um, all right, let me, let me tie a bow on this, this, this line of questioning. Um, so you, you, you talked about how your non-running friends uh, would view this current running streak, how your family would view it, how your running friends would view it. Kevin, how do you view this running streak? Is it a passion? Is it an obsession? Or is it an addiction? Uh, I think it's equal parts passion and obsession for me. Okay. okay. Yeah. Right. Depending, on, depending on the day, it will trend in either direction. Um, <clears throat> but... Yeah, it's 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 both of those. I never really see it as an addiction, um, because if something happened and I couldn't run anymore, I I'd be okay. Like yeah, 
I would be sad, obviously. It would be a loss for a while um, to end a running streak, but it, it wouldn't affect my life overall in a very negative way. It would just. Yeah. And, and, and largely, I mean, I, I, I think, I think obsession and addiction generally have negative connotations, right? Passion doesn't. When, when someone says they're yeah. passionate about something, people see that as a positive thing, but generally speaking, you know, obsession could maybe go either way, but largely obsession is viewed as a negative thing. And, and at least in, 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 in our culture, um, uh, addiction has, has nothing but uh, a negative uh, connotation to it. Um, you know, and, 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 so long as you don't view your running streak as being destructive. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, to your point, um, you know, maybe, maybe there, maybe there have been days in the last eight years. And if, if you didn't have a running streak, like, you know, when you, when you cracked your ankle uh, yeah. or, or, or when you had a sciatica, maybe, a, you know, maybe you might've taken a day off if you weren't yeah. in the midst of, of a running streak. Um, but by and large, the last eight plus years, your, your running is, has not been destructive. I mean, if anything, as we've talked about, your consistent running has elevated your performance. Um, you probably feel healthier uh, mm -hmm. physically, mentally, being more active than less active, I would venture to yeah. guess, right? Um, and, uh, and so it would seem reasonable to me uh, in, in all of those ways uh, that, that, uh, that you would not uh, view your, your running streak as an addiction. I don't, I don't view it as, as an addiction. I, I view it as a passion, um, but certainly can understand that, that maybe it does at times cross over into the obsession, which I think is, I think is reasonable. Um, well, Kevin, let's, let's finish with this. Um, there's a part of the show I like to call three random questions. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, it's three questions that I, I have not provided to you in advance. Correct. Yeah, that yeah, sounds, okay. <laughs> sounds. I'm ready. I'm ready for him. Uh, this is a this is one of my favorite parts of the show. Do I have to guess what the J stands for and Chris J done? Because I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, these three questions don't, are not about me. Okay. Um, uh, but it's fun. It's it's fun for me to watch people think uh, uh, on their toes. So uh, all right, so here we go. Uh, three random questions for Kevin Saint Laurent. Kevin. First random question. Uh, aside from running, do you have any other hobbies? Uh, I mean, I think I'd be a pretty boring person if I only ran and did nothing else. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, besides, you know, hiking, which I don't do as much as I, I used to, but I still love hiking. Um, but I just I I just really love music. Um, just I've never learned to play anything, which people always think is funny because I the only thing I talk about anywhere near as much as running is music so um yeah i love to find out who people's favorite musicians are i love to you know just get new music from people that i've never heard i love to introduce music to people that they've never heard and just i pretty much just always have music going in some some form or another so yeah all right yeah. uh so uh <clears throat> follow-up question not part of the random three uh yeah. last concert that you went to um, man, since, since the start of COVID, I've gone to so few concerts versus what I used to. Um, what was the last show I saw? It might've been the wallflowers last year. 
you familiar with the wallflowers pretty big yes. in the 90s yeah of, of, um, yeah, of, of course yeah I've seen them five or six times really good i think that was the last show i could totally be forgetting um yeah. uh, actually well uh, that's the last major band i'm sorry i've been to um <clears throat> there's a farm stand relatively close to me that puts on small much smaller like family friendly shows so i've been to a bunch cool. of their shows uh, i went to two or three this summer um it's great it's like a small family farm it's like 10 to 15 bucks to go they they do food and stuff like that and just like local bands they'll either be a cover band like there's been grateful dead cover bands yeah. or be like a local bluegrass band stuff like that so just a really good time very cool uh sorry another <clears throat> follow-up question do you, do you listen to music when you run um i actually never listen to music when i run which yeah okay sounds crazy right yeah no no um, no no not not crazy at all no i i I, I am not a fan of listening to music uh, while I exercise, well, when I run or ride. Um, but I, I, I thought with your, with your interest in it. Okay. And then um, uh, last question as it relates to follow up question as it relates to that. Um, uh, how do you consume your music? Do you, uh, do you listen to um, uh, streaming music services like Pandora or Spotify or Amazon music? How do you, how do you, how do you consume music? Um, so a bunch of different ways. Um, I have a pretty good record collection that I like to listen to. Um, but I also do join the 21st century and stream music as well. Um, okay. so I kind of do both, but, um, yeah, there's nothing like just putting on a record and just like actually listening to it and getting up to flip it over and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if that makes me sound old, but just kind of cool. Um, but that's not, the best way to do it 24 seven. Sometimes you just want to like, be like, Hey, play this pod or not podcast, play this um, playlist. And it's just a bunch of different artists and like, okay, that works for this, this setting, you know, like if I have people over, I'm not going to be putting on a record and flipping it over. Maybe I am, but yeah. Not um, yeah. And uh genre <laughs> of music. Uh, I mean, may, maybe you listen, maybe, maybe you're a fan of multiple genres, but uh, go to genre of music, favorite genre of music. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do try to listen to pretty much every genre. Um, I just try not to limit myself because I've surprised myself many times with, you know, someone in some genre that I don't usually listen to. And I'm like, wow, I've, love this singer like they're amazing um but as far as most often um i again like a lot of the older music um i definitely have a passion or obsession for bob dylan and anything he's ever been associated with his various bands that he's worked with and such in his solo career and just everything him so um yeah that's by far number one uh so uh uh dylan wrote blowing in the wind he did. Right. Uh, so a number of years ago, uh, I actually learned how to play a riff from that song on the harmonica. So that's oh, nice. interesting, interesting uh, factoid. Uh, OK, random question number two, Kevin. Right. Uh, what's your guilty pleasure? Uh, guilty pleasure. Let's see. Um, I probably eat way too much candy. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's not good. So I actually, I try to not buy candy very often because I'll just eat it all. So that's, well, we already talked about addiction. I don't think I'm addicted <laughs> to candy, but, um, 
<clears throat> yeah, I eat too much candy. Um, yeah. So are 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 you the guy that buys like five times more candy at Halloween than you know you're going to hand out just so that you have candy? I mean, I, I don't get trick or treaters here, so I don't need to buy candy, which is unfortunate. But <laughs> I definitely buy discounted candy on November first. So, but yeah, no, it's sad. It's sad. No trick or treaters at my house. So I don't know. Do you, uh, so your, uh, your love of candy, do you, do you feel like you can outrun your candy obsession? Uh, meaning oh, yeah. in other words, it, like you, you feel like you run enough that you could have a, a full size snicker bar every now and again, and yeah. it's not going to, oh, yeah. I don't, totally I don't really, yeah, I don't, I don't really count calories or, um, <clears throat> really even weigh myself. So, uh, I just try to eat, you know, relatively healthy 90% of the time. And <laughs> if I want a sweet treat or if I want something that's not healthy, you know, I'll just let myself have it in relative moderation. So. Okay. So, all right. So we're, uh, we're, we're taking a road trip. This is not part of the random question. This is a follow-up question. Number two, okay. So we're taking a road trip and uh, you know, I don't know, we've been in the car for a really long time. We're both starved, but it's, it's mm -hmm. outside of meal time, And uh, we're going to, you know, what you're, we need to get gas. You're going to pump gas. I say, Kevin, do you, I'm going to go inside. You want me to grab you something? Uh, what, <laughs> what candy bar am I grabbing for you? Uh, as a, 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 and and uh, to hold you over until we get to, to meal time. What's your what's your go to go to gas station <clears throat> candy bar? It probably changes uh, occasionally, but I do love almond joys. Um, <laughs> it's not almond joys if if you're only asking candy bars and not candy. Um, or if you're asking candy and not just candy bars, I would also say Skittles. I love Skittles. So yeah, okay, oh, fair. I yes, <clears throat> okay, good. I, I should have made that that question broader. Candy in general, what am candy I grabbing? Yeah, yeah. I I'd probably ask for a pack of Skittles. Um, <laughs> I love them, but then also like as a car snack, I feel like Skittles are great because you can share them. <clears throat> you're not always tempted to eat the whole package at once. Whereas a candy bar. Like, I don't know, maybe some other people do, but if I'm opening a candy bar, I'm not like <laughs> holding it back down and saving some for later. Like, I'm just not doing that. It's so. a very, very, it's a very good point. Um, all right. Final question. All right. I have for you. So you're, you're hosting, uh, you're hosting a group run with your yep. friends. Um, now you can invite three VIPs. Okay. Now they can be someone who, you know, or someone who you've never met, they can be real or fictional, meaning meaning like a like a movie or cartoon character. Yeah, and they can be from the present, or they can be from any time in the future mm -hmm. or the past, like okay. including your future self <clears throat> invited oh, back wow. to the to the group run. All right, so yeah, so I, I've got I've got very loose criteria here as it, as it relates to VIPs. Kevin, who are your three VIPs that you're inviting to your group run? Uh, let's see. Let's start off with. Um, and I should also say, too, that you, you can assume that everyone is a runner, right? So it doesn't have yeah. to be people that you know are runners. Even if you don't know that they're runners, assume everybody is a runner. OK, OK, so this could be more for a conversation than. Uh, now than, you're getting it. That's interesting. Right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> I feel that one of these people is definitely going to be a runner. Uh, I'm going to go with Steve Prefontaine um, just because I don't know. I mean, he's 
every high school runner's idol. And when people get really into running when they're younger, um, it's always Steve Prefontaine. I mean, they made multiple movies about him. His quotes are, you know, on the walls of so many college dorm rooms of runners. And it's just like the way that he lived his life, uh, just running all out no matter what and just doing things no one had really done before and just everything about that. I think it would just be fascinating to just talk to him about that. Just like, I don't think anyone really runs like him before or since like <clears throat> every professional runner has run not all out in a race, like at some point in their career and Prefontaine just every single race he ever ran, he ran as if it was the last race of his life and as if he was going to die the next day. So I would love to just talk to him about anything. Um, I'd probably be too starstruck, but you know, let's assume that I'm not. And that, you know, if he was still alive, that'd help too. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so that's number one. Um, let's see. My future self would be interesting. So let's put my future self in there. Myself from, I mean, yeah, I don't how old, that, how old I, are I'm you? Trying to think. I'm trying to think like, cause I don't see the run streak ending anytime soon but i could see like if you were to tell me in 10 years this run streak wasn't going on anymore i'd be like okay that's possible so how about okay actually no this this might break the rules but no rules okay no rules so assuming the run streak ends before i die um i would like to go for a run with the version of me on the first day after the run streak ends. <laughs> I like it because I want to see I like it. if it ended on a positive note, like who knows, like I could hit, say I hit 10,000 days and I'm like, you know what? Like the streak's kind of getting a little much like ended on this ridiculous number or like, did something happen? Like that was more important than the run streak. And am I okay with that? Um, <clears throat> so I think that would be interesting. Okay. Um, it'd like be interesting to see what I look like in whatever, <laughs> you know? Yes. Also true. Like, oh, you're still trying to make the beard work. What are you doing? <laughs> um, oh, let's see. Okay. You got um, one more, one more VIP. Okay. I'm going to break the rules again slightly. Is that okay? Uh, okay. Slight go, go right rules. ahead. Right uh, I would want to run with my parents when they were a lot younger, both of them. If I have to pick one, I'll pick one, but no, I think you know what, in this, in this case, <clears throat> I'll let, I'll let you invite a fourth VIP. Okay. So like my parents, when they were in their twenties, I would love to run with them and just see, uh, cause I've run with my parents obviously. And I remember them running from when I was a little kid, but I, besides pictures and stuff, I have no idea. And, you know, race results. I have no idea what their runs were like when they were in their twenties, when they first met, like, they got married. My dad was 26. My mom was 23, not 22. So, um, yeah, I would just love to go for a run with them. Then they were runners then. So I think that would be wild. Like to just see what their mentality about running was and just let what they planned for life. Maybe I'm running with them and they don't know that I'm their son and I can, you know, just ask some questions like, Oh, what's, you know, what's going on in your life? Like, you know, like, oh, we we just got married. Like, we're 
heading to South Korea to work soon because that's what they did right after they got married because they're crazy. Um, so yeah, I think I think that would be awesome. Um, that's a very unique question. That's I really like that. Um, thanks. Um, I, I, and I love I love the way that you answered it. Um, do you uh, last 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 question and follow up to that? Um, <laughs> uh, you think your dad would uh, take charge of what the route would be? <laughs> uh, I think I think he would try to, and then my mom would be like, "That road doesn't make sense. We should go on this road." And then he'd be like, "You're right." And then we would go. So he'd be like, no, this is definitely an eight mile loop. And she'd be like, Michael, this is like a four mile loop. What are you talking about? And he'd be like, ah, and then they'd eventually, yeah. They, they'd eventually do, do what your mother suggested. Yes, they would. They would. Because my dad would probably be wrong. So, you know, she would correct him. It's, well, it's with well, with 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 some with some good fortune, um, they'll 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 have the opportunity to uh, to, to listen to this. And yeah. uh, um, Kevin, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was awesome. That was a lot of fun. Think about this for a moment. The last day he didn't go for a run. Barack Obama was just starting his second term in office. While rightfully so, much of our conversation focused on his running streak. But I really think the take-home message is that consistency, above all else, is the key to unlocking new levels of performance. You know, it doesn't mean you need to run every day. It simply means you need to remain active year-round. Once again, you've been listening to the Eat Half Walkable podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please circle back to the homepage and click the follow or subscribe buttons to stay up to date with all the new content. And of course, if you really enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your friends. I'll be posting some supporting media on my Twitter account at Coach Chris J. Dunn and the show's Facebook page at Eat Half Walk Double. So make sure to check that out. And lastly, remember, the secret to living well and longer is to eat half walk double, laugh triple, and love without measure. Until next time.